0: Hi, this is Jacob here and welcome to episode 55 of the Clown Chat podcast. We are back back to back days where we've got episodes coming out. It's it's a good uh good couple of episodes, I think. Um feel free to go catch episode 54 which we talked about some NBA stuff. We did a check-in on where we stand with the NBA finals. Spoiler alert, I still am not I'm very unmoved by what happened in game 4 in terms of um what 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 the actual series would play out like. I thought after game three, I didn't think the Celtics were just gonna go win four and five, and that would be it. I thought Golden State would have a response at some point. I didn't know if it would be game four or game five. Turned out it was game four. So that's fine. I thought that could happen. I think that the uh I think that the, the Celtics will win this series in six. Um I think they're the better team. They don't lose back-to-back games. They're going to win Game Five, and then they're going to go win six at home, clinch the championship. That is what I expect. But you can check that podcast episode out for more. We also talked about um, some offseason questions I have. Um, you know, basically, uh, I-, I think the questions were there was something on Russell Westbrook. There's something on DeAndre Ayton. There was something on the Jazz. Uh, There was something on the second tier in the East in terms of what they could do to elevate themselves. And then there was one on kind of dumb, dumb teams that think they're better than they are. So I would uh, definitely recommend that you, uh, you know, listen to that. It's a good episode. Um, In terms of this episode here, episode 55, we are... uh, we're going to do some NFL stuff. And then episode 56, when that comes out in a few days will pro- or up to a week from now, that will probably be um, the next episode we'll do will probably um, be me discussing whatever happens to the finals, uh, whether the Celtics win or lose. I will do a podcast and talk about it. The tone will be very different depending on what happens. Um but i'll i'll be here to react um either way but let yeah let's get started with episode 55 and what we want to talk about today which is basically um you know doing an NFL preview for it, the first part of the pod i'm going to go over um kind of i i have i have predicted records for each team in terms of what, how i think this is going to go so we'll go through those and then we're going to look at some betting odds and we're going to go through um, what some of my best bets, futures bets, are for the upcoming season. I personally love futures bets. I think like betting on one game is like really putting a lot to change. You're basically banking on one game. There's a lot of of downside with that. It, it, it's the old thing, you know, right? Like if it, it's almost like how in um, in basketball, right? Like if you just play a game, right? You can have a weird result. You can have, you know, Orlando beating Toronto or Milwaukee in in game 1 of the first round. Like you can have a weird um you can have a weird result. You know, on a one one off deal. But like you play a seven game series and the better teams usually not always Sometimes it'll be like close enough for like home court advantage to swing it or something like that, but like usually gonna, the better team's going to win. Um, so I almost view it the same way as, you know, with future betting, what I like about it is you're not banking on that one game randomness, right? Like you do an accurate evaluation on like how good you think a team is. And if you think that your evaluation is out of line with the betting markets, then you can go ahead and and bet it. Like, personally, I can tell you, I've made bank on futures bets. Like, I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to warn you right now. This is a disclaimer. Do not put any money down on anything gambling-wise unless you are prepared to lose the money. I can tell you that I have a good track record all I want, but I'm not perfect it's cer I certainly could my picks could fall flat I could have a horrible year next year and you could be in some trouble if you just you know go in big you know with what I say and um I just want to warn you like I am not going to guarantee you that what I am telling you in this podcast is going to happen I'm not going to guarantee that you're going to make money just by listening to, to what I say All I can tell you is that I've had a promising track record over the last couple of years. I did not gamble at all in the 2020 NFL and 2021 NBA seasons, but I can tell you that I would have had Tampa Bay Bay to win the Super Bowl at pretty long odds. I would have put money down on that, and I would have won big on that. I would have... um, NBA's a little shakier, but I would have been... I would have faded the net, so I probably would have done pretty well there. Um, and then in the in the West, I would have been on the Clippers, and then I'm guessing I would have hedged on the Suns, and I probably would have been fine there. So, like, I think I would have been pretty good then. And I can tell you, you know, in more concrete terms, obviously la- the last year I have been betting, and I can tell you that I started with a bankroll of around a thousand dollars. I think that went up to like thirteen hundred or so um, you know, that I took and put down initially or, or through throughout the NFL season until I started getting like actual profit back. I think I had like thirteen thousand not thirteen thousand, thirteen hundred down at one point. Um and I can tell you that right Right now, I'm in the, uh... How much am I in the green, by? I'm in the, uh... Um... I'm in the green by at least $1,750. And that will go way up if the Celtics win the championship. It will go over $3,000 if the Celtics win the championship. Um... And yeah, I know that's a lot to be riding on what happens with these three games, but like I have long shot odds like I can't help it. I have some really long shot odds from before the season that I have on the Celtics, and I'm gonna let them play out um at the end of the day. I have a little bit on the Warriors too, um but had a little bit on the Warriors too, so that'll help a little bit, but I have way more on the Celtics because again preseason, I had fifty to one on Celtics to win the title. Um, so, and I have a few hundred, I I have $8 turning into $408. Like, what do you want me to do? Um, I was just out, I was just really out in front of what they could do. Um, and then obviously, you know, with NFL, I, uh, I close, I came close to breaking even on just NFL. And then I've been making profit with the NBA. I've had... You know, I've had some misses. I'm not going to tell you I'm perfect. I misfired on Phoenix. I was very big on Phoenix to win the West. I misfired there. Um and that cost me. So, I'm not going to tell you that I'm perfect, but um I was anti-Lakers. And I was anti-Nets and both of those stances have really uh helped me out here. Um and I I identified the Celtics early. I was big on Milwaukee too. I thought Milwaukee would, I thought Milwaukee would have have a good chance. But then um, I thought the Celtics would, would be better than people thought. And it turns out that the Celtics were were really better were better than even I thought. So um, I was just in, out out in front of some good trends. And um, like I said, I I hit some good stuff in in NFL too. I mean, I I put a bunch of of stuff down on both NFL and NBA futures and I nearly made up all that ground just on football. So um was I perfect on football? No. I had nothing on the Rams to win the Super Bowl. I I didn't sniff that one out at all. Um I was on Tampa and San Francisco in the NFC last year. I was on AFC was a bit of a roller coaster because I was on I was on New England for a little bit at the end of the season. I think preseason. Who was I on in preseason? Um, Jesus, I don't know if I was on anyone in that AFC in preseason. I mean, maybe like heesh. Yeah, I don't remember who I was on. Oh, I was on the Browns. Wasn't I on the Browns? Oh, Jesus. That didn't go well. Um, I'm not making myself look good here, but... I'll say, once the playoffs started, I... will say this. The Bengals were one of the secondary teams I was on. I wasn't like, oh, the Bengals... We're gonna to go to the Super Bowl when the playoffs started. I'm not gonna say that I was like the leader of that trend or anything like that, but I was like, yeah, you know, if somebody is gonna surprise here, it could be, it could be the Bengals. The Bengals could be a team that at least made the the championship game. Um, I, I, oh, well, my biggest position was that I, I faded the Chiefs. That was my biggest, um. That was my honestly my biggest position in the AFC was just that like somebody other than the Chiefs was going to win the AFC. I did not think that the Chiefs would win the AFC again and that turned out to be correct. Um So that was probably my biggest position. So, um I had some real misses with football, but I also had some interesting hits and um I did really well with some of the regular season stuff and that's what we're going to be looking at today. We might look at some conference uh, futures and stuff too, but um so we're going to start off by going over um my record predictions for um the upcoming season. So we'll start off um with the AFC East. So I have the Buffalo Bills at 13 and 4. Um, getting the number, they, they they win the division, they get the number one seed. Um, you know, I'll give you my conference pick in a little bit. My my pick to win the AFC is not going to be Buffalo. Um, I think this team is actually, even though I have Buffalo as the number one seed, I think they're a little bit overrated. Um, like, look, they're really good, but I think Josh Allen is, he's still got some inconsistencies to his game. Um, if you look at some of the games he played now, it's just obviously there are some games where he just went off and looked unbeatable. Um, the Patriots games were, um, you know, really, really, really good games by him. Like that—that's an understatement. But um, that, some of that was—it was a—it's was a, a bad matchup for the Patriots, which is something they're going to have to get past as a franchise. Because one thing with the Patriots is. Um the way the Patriots play defense under F play defense under Belichick they're really good at taking away what you do best. That's how they want to play. They want to take away like the best and second best thing that you do as an offense and then say okay, you beat us doing your third best thing. That's what the Patriots want to do. They want they are experts at taking that um you know, playing eleven on ten to, and taking that additional, re, you know, additional player, additional resource, and allocating it towards what you do best, and they are not going to let you do what you do best. That's the biggest thing in terms of how the Patriots play defense. Well, the problem is when the Patriots play uh, mobile quarterbacks, that does not allow them to do that. So, mobile quarterbacks going all the way back towards to like the Steve McNair in Tennessee days. Um mobile quarterbacks have always given the Patriots um more trouble than other teams. And that's not a great sign with how things are going with the with the modern NFL. There there are more quarterbacks these days who who do have that ability, so it'll be something that the Patriots have to adjust to. Um but I definitely think that some of their troubles are related to that with Buffalo. It might just not be a good matchup. Um but I think um there's still some concern I would have with the Bills' ability to stop the run. Um, you look at how guys like Jonathan Taylor um, did it get against them down the stretch and throughout parts of last season. Um, I think everybody just got kind of caught up in... Like, I think too many people are conditioned these days to just think like, oh... Better offense means better team. Higher scoring means better team. And I feel like I'm. I don't know. It's just like people were like that with basketball too. And everybody was like, oh, the Nets have the most unbeatable offense ever. And defense doesn't matter in basketball anymore. And meanwhile, I'm on an island here being like, well. Nobody has won a championship, you know, without being a top 10 defensive team since like 2002. And defense still matters until, uh, until I'm proven wrong. I'm going to still sit here and say defense matters. And lo and behold, Brooklyn loses. Milwaukee wins the title, is a top 10 defense. And then this year, the best two defenses are, are, are in the finals. Like, defense still clearly matters there. And I think it still matters in the NFL, too. It's just, um, you know, is offense more important? Yeah, I'll admit offense is more important, but, um, there's more to a team than their offense. That That's what I'll say. Um, and Buffalo has a good defense, too. Um... But we'll have to see how they do with their offensive coordinator change. Um, you will know, we'll have to see what they're able to do in terms of running the ball. They were not a great running team last year. Um, I think their line, some of the, their off of the line spots are a little questionable. Um. and then um you know their secondary will probably be better which is definitely um something that could help them but um you know they they did draft Elam and then they're going to going to get Travis White back so that'll help them but um so look i i think this is a good team and i think this is um because of the fact that they don't have like an unbelievable division yeah they're going to have another team in their division that's going to be competitive and we'll get to that but um it, this isn't like the AFC West where spoiler alert, I project four teams to have a winning re- all four teams to have a winning record this isn't like the AFC North where all four teams come pretty darn close to a winning record Um, this is not that type of division, so I think that alone should give Buffalo the edge in terms of getting that number one seed. Um, but in terms of, do I project the Bills to to be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl? No, I do not. I do not think this team is going to be in the Super Bowl next year. They seem to be the popular pick, they're the Super Bowl favorites at, um at the sports books and all that stuff. A lot of people are just all over them. I don't believe it's going to happen. So, the Bills I do have, though, is a regular season number one seed. And then, also in this division, I have one more playoff team, and that is the number seven seed New England Patriots. And you might be asking yourself why the Patriots they got they're not that good. Um so I'll exp- I'll explain this. Do I have some concerns about the Patriots? I certainly do. But they're probably not the concerns that you might be thinking of. I think there's been a lot of hand-wringing over and consternation over this team's direction on offense, and some of it's warranted. Losing Josh McDaniels is really bad. Pro- basically, installing Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, two failed head coaches, who are kind of dumb and um don't have great track records. Like, that's not good. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, does it? But here's what I will tell you: as far as the, co- I'll get to the coaching staff first and then the roster. Here's what I will tell you in terms of the coaching staff. I am actually more concerned about the Patriots defensive coaching staff than offensive. I'm concerned about I have some concerns about both, but I think the defense might even be a bigger concern, and here's why. At least with the offense, by all accounts, Bill Belichick is going to be heavily involved because of the newness of that situation and the question marks. By all accounts, in minicamp and stuff, Belichick has been really involved with the offense. So, Belichick is a brilliant football mind. So, I'm not sure I can look at the offense then and say, well, they're totally screwed when the greatest coach of all time is going to have his fingerprints all over what they do. Um, but then you look at the defense, I mean, there's a pretty clear line of demarcation last year. They start two and four in the first six games, defense underperforms a little bit, and, uh, things aren't looking great. And it is Belichick's son Steve, and then Gerard Mayo, who are leading the coaching staff through the first six games on defense. Then Belichick comes in after week a week six loss to Dallas, takes it over takes over the deep, which featured a couple of really bad calls, um, defensive play calls. Then Belichick takes it over, and they're able to really turn it around, and they started playing really well on defense. And then Belichick got to a point, I think, after the bye week and said, well, I think things have stabilized. Here you go, Steve. Here you go, Gerard. You guys take this back over. And then uh, things didn't look uh, super great from there. They only won one more game for the rest of the season. So now, look, if Belichick's going to be on the offense then he's not going to be able to step in and fix, <laughs> fix things for those guys. And the personnel is going to be worse, and we'll get to that. So I'm actually just as concerned, if not more, about the defensive coaching staff than the offensive. And then in terms of the roster, let's get to that right right now, the personnel. I don't know why people are concerned about the Patriots' offensive personnel. Look, I think drafting a guard in the first round was stupid. I've ripped that decision, and I will continue to rip that decision. I think it is hideous. I think it is just a gross, at best, at best, it's a gross gross misunderstanding of value. At worst, you threw away a first round pick down the toilet. But look, here's what I'll say Was it a stupid pick? Yes To get Cole Strange in the first round But But for all of the hand-wringing I will be happy to do over that pick At the end of the day Is Cole Strange going to be a, 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 A solid football player for the Patriots? Probably So you add him to the offensive line Which returns Trent Brown, Isaiah Wynn David Andrews, Mike Awenu And You know, that's a pretty good group It's a pretty good offensive line Dare I say the best offensive line in the division Then you get to the running back group Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, James White They draft Pierre Strong Pretty good group. Multiple guys, differing skill sets. Really pre- hit a lot of history production. Pretty good group. Again, probably the best in the division. At wide receiver. Look, does this team have a Jamar Chase? Does this team have like that top end guy? No, they don't. But here's what they do have. They have a lot of depth. They have a lot of depth. Think about it. Last year, Nikhil Harry was like this team's surefire number four wide receiver. And he had been a first-round flameout. Now, you've got five guys above him on the depth chart. You've got five guys who have a chance to contribute to this team and and, and, ha- and are worthy of carving out playing time. You have Devontae Parker, who the last time he was in this offensive system put up 1,200 yards. He's at least a solid two, wide receiver two. You have Kendrick Bourne, who had a really good year last year, really meshed well in this offense with with the way they were playing. Solid wide receiver two, I would say. Jacoby Myers, really good slot guy. Solid, again, solid wide receiver two caliber player. So yeah, you don't have the number one, but that's three wide receiver twos on the field. And they have different skill sets too. Parker's going to be that bigger bodied outside guy. Bourne is the speedier big play option. And Myers is a slot guy. And then you have Nelson Aguilar, who I still think... If they can trade, they should because they need some cap room and they could just push some money off into the future. I realize that. But at the end of the day, I think for what his role is gonna be, Nelson Aguilar is you know, the cap number is not um you know, is is not really uh something that they should be carrying. Um I think if they can move off of him and create some flexibility that way then you know it would really lessen the amount you have to push into the future like so I still think Aguilar should be a trade candidate but if he's around that's a luxury you know uh, even with what he did last year that's a wide receiver three with upside that is basically your wide receiver four and then you have Taequann Thornton who's your second-round pick, and he might take a year to develop. But he's a guy who has a lot of speed. And he can really make an impact, potentially, as a big play guy. We'll see how he develops. but um... And then you've got a guy like Christian Wilkerson, who spent a lot of last year on the practice squad and caught two touchdowns in, in the Week 17 game against Jacksonville. Like That's a guy who I think is worthy of a bottom-end roster spot. You've got a guy like Trey Nixon, who they picked in the seventh round last year, who was, uh, who really tore it up in minicamp uh, um, last week with Mac. Like You've got, got, and I'm not saying they're all great, but you've got a lot of depth in this receiving core. And to say that, well, they're just a terrible receiving core because they don't have that number one guy, I think is just dumb. I think, that, I think that that is a position that is being overrated by a lot of people. A lot of people are seeing these flashy, big name wide receivers go in these trades for first round picks. And um, I think people are getting too caught up in the big name wide receivers. Like, there's more to winning football games than having the biggest, flashiest wide receiver you can get. Trust me. And then you've got the quarterback. Mac Jones is going to be really good, guys. Mac Jones is going to be a really damn good quarterback in this league. He, he was really good last year. Should have won Rookie of the Year, in my opinion. Because what he did at quarterback is more valuable than what Jamar Chase did at wide receiver. I will go to my grave believing that. I will go to my grave believing that. But I digress. But I fully expect Mac to be in that above-average range, that 10 to 15 range among quarterbacks this year, at least. He's got a, he's got all all it takes. He's got you know by all accounts he has stepped up his leadership game in the building. He's a great leader. He's a great football mind. He he understands um, you know what they're trying to do on offense. He's just deadly accurate. Improving deep ball, much more confident. Like he's gonna be able to, he's gonna have a big year. You guys are gonna be shocked at how good Mac Jones looks this year. He's gonna have a he's gonna have a really good year. And I'll mention this too. Everybody who's been like trying to talk up the Jets, because I think they're trying to find like the next Bengals. Like this this upcoming year's you know, Cincinnati, you know, that sort of turnaround. I mean, if any if, if anyone would fit the Bengals description, it's not the Jets, it's the Patriots. And is it a perfect comparison? No. Because the Patriots did make the playoffs last year. But in terms of quarterback, Mac Jones is way more likely to have a Joe Burrow like Leap, than Zach Wilson is. Mac Jones and Joe Burrow were actually really similar as college prospects. They both kind of ascended late in their college careers. They're both more about accuracy and pocket presence than some of the athleticism and off-schedule stuff. Although they both have surprising ability to operate off-schedule. Obviously, Burrow had to make do with that horrendous line last year. Um, but I think those guys have some similarity and now, obviously, look, I'm not trying to say that Mac is as good as Joe Burrow or is going to be as good as Joe Burrow. I don't believe that. But like, if you were looking at like, who could be that type of quarterback and make that type of jump, Mac Jones is a much better candidate than Zach Wilson is or anyone from that draft for that matter. Um, So, yeah, I, I. But so yeah, I, I think the Patriots' offense is going to be fine. It's actually the defense that you look at. The defense, and there's a lot of concerns there. I, I think they mishandled the draft by not spending more resources on defense. I think they're going to have to hope that one or both of these corners that they just drafted really hits, like grand slam hits, and is a star corner because which is a tough ask for third and fourth round picks because they they need an infusion of talent. And, yeah, they have Matthew Judon. Um, their defense right now, when I look at the redeeming qualities of it, you're basically looking at Matt Judon, a star pass rusher. But, but again, a guy who is not like, you know, Judon isn't like TJ Watt or Nick Bosa or Miles Garrett or anything like that. Like, um... Judon's in that next group down. So he's a really good player, but... Um, I mean, you have him. And then you have 35-year-old Devin McCordy. That's a concern. You have Kyle Duggar, who I think is really becoming... A, you know, on, on track to becoming a great safety. So you have him. That that. So you have Duggar and Judon you have Christian Barmore on the defensive line. Other than that, what are you getting out of this defense? I don't know that they have a true nose tackle. I don't know that the rest of their line, other the defensive line other than Barmore is good enough. Devon Godchow is back, but I don't know if he had a great year last year. Um, you're counting on unproven, unless they go out and sign Trey Flowers, who's still a free agent. You're counting on unproven options like Ronnie Perkins and Josh Uche, opposite Judon. You've got a pretty untested group at linebacker, outside of Jawan Bentley, who's back. Mac Wilson, uh, Cam McGrone, Freddie Jennings, guys like that. Raekwon McMillan. And Dante Hightower looked a little old last year and a little slow, but um, I don't know that that linebacker group is super talented. They're going to play some safeties in there, which would help Jabril Peppers an acquisition there. that will give them some more more depth. They've got Adrian Phillips as well. So they have that depth at safety. That'll probably mask that a little bit. Corner is a potentially deal-breaking concern with this team. Malcolm Butler is interesting. Um, he could play if he can come back and 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 he's you know some fraction of what he was with the Patriots. I mean, that could be a good pickup for his price. Probably a good signing for what they paid him. But is he a the sort of difference maker? That I mean, you need a difference maker that position in today's NFL. I feel and. I just don't think that the Patriots have it, even though Butler could be a good player. Um, Jonathan Jones is a great slot guy, and he'll be back, and that'll help. But other than that, I mean, we went over Butler. Jalen Mills I like as a third, fourth corner, sub-package guy. And honestly, he was the number two last year, and he really didn't do that bad um it was you know he definitely exceeded my expectations I still think he was a little limited I think they had to protect him a little bit um but I do think as well he had a good year and I think him being out in in, in the in the loss in the playoffs like that had an impact because they didn't have depth behind him and that's one thing they should have a little bit more of this year is depth at corner if any if any of those draft picks end up panning out, they will and, and Marcus Jones and Jack Jones are, are the wild cards here. If one of those guys and Jack Jones is a guy who I think had some comparison to JC. Jackson coming out of the draft, you know if a guy like that pan really pans out, then that really changes the trajectory of really the whole team, I think. if you find that jC. Jackson replacement. All of a sudden, that could really change the trajectory of things. And it could give you that piece to build around on defense. But as it stands right now, look, Belichick will mask. You know, Belichick's staff... Well, Belichick's not going be involved with the defense is a concern. Like, if he's going to be more so on the offense, but... Yeah, I'm not going to tell you that the defense is going to be great. I think... The, I think the Patriots' defense, which I, you know, if, especially if Gilmore had hung around, could have been really great last year, a really great group last year. Um, I think this year it's going to be something below average. I don't think it'll be bottom of the league because I think the, co- the coaching staff will, you know. Even if Belichick isn't, like, doing the game planning, I can't imagine that he's going to, he will still be probably be green and like green lighting stuff and i I just don't think they're gonna suck so bad that they'll be like bottom of the league, but I think they'll be like twentieth on defense I don't think they're gonna be a good defense um so at the end of the day, I think you'll have a team in new England they went they won ten games last year I think they'll have they'll be a better offense they'll be a worse defense. And they'll end up right around the same record. And I think they'll win eight to 10 games. I'll go high end. I'll say 10. But I think their range is like eight to 10. And I think they will be in that seven seed race. I'm going to say they get it. But if you want to tell me they don't get it, then that's okay. That's fine. You you have, you know... What I will say is I think if you start saying, well, this team is only going to win seven games or six games or something like that, I think that's stupid because then you start to say, well, they're going to be worse than the Cam Newton team. And I think that's wrong. Um, I, I don't think that's a good take at all. Um, so I think 8-10 to 10 is the right range. I think 8 minimum. But I think they could win 10. I think that's all fair. Um so that's what I've got um, on, on the Patriots. I think seven seed, 10 and seven. They'll be in the wildcard round, probably lose. That's where we're at. Um, so then at number, um, or not number, um, out of the playoffs, then we have Dolphins at six and 11, Jets at four and 13. I don't like either one of these teams. Jets, not a Zach Wilson guy. Um... Cool, they had a good draft on paper, but like, you know, the Jets, you know, when have we been able to trust the Jets on drafts? Like, I don't, I don't know. And I'm not a Zach Wilson believer. If you don't have the quarterback, then what do you, then you can't really say a lot else. So, um, Dolphins, same thing. I'm not a Tua believer. I think their line is still a little shaky on, on Tua's blind side on the right side. Um, I think their defense is still got some, uh, some issues, and they're going to lose Brian Flores. They lost Brian Flores, who was a great defensive head coach. So that's going to make their defense a lot worse. It's going to make their whole team a lot worse. You think they're sweeping the Patriots without Brian Flores? They'll be lucky to beat the Patriots once, now, because Flores is gone. Trust me, Flora, Brian Flores was a great head coach. He got. He overachieved with this team the last couple of years. They That team had no business having winning records the last couple of years, and Brian Flores coached them to that. And now he's gone. So they're good. there's going to be a downgrade there with the coaching staff. And yes, they have Tyreek Hill. They have the big flashy wide receiver. But you think Tyreek Hill going from Patrick Mahomes to this is going to be happy? Good luck with that. I got my popcorn out sitting on my couch. I can't wait for midseason when we're starting to get the passive-aggressive stuff from Tyreek Hill, the locker room chemistry breakdowns, all those sorts of things. I am here for that. I am here to watch that team implode. I I think it's going to happen. I don't see the partnership of Tua and Tyreek Hill, an elite deep threat paired with a quarterback with a weak arm who can only run RPOs, I don't see that being a good partnership. I don't see that working. Call me crazy, I don't see that working. So I have Miami at 6-11. and 11. I have them taking a three-win um, tumble from last year, and then the Jets, I have around the same record at 4-13. and 13. Um. So let's go to the AFC North. Um. Bengals twelve and five, and and I keep flip flopping on who's going to win this division. Look, it's a coin flip. I have these teams; it's the same record. They're both unbelievable. It's a coin flip to me. Bengals twelve and five, Ravens twelve and five. Um, I'm gonna say Bengals get the three seed, Ravens get the five seed, but. It could go either way. It really doesn't matter. The bigger point here is those teams are both going to make the playoffs. They're both unbelievable. And um, they're probably two of the best five teams in football, maybe. And it's going to be an absolute blast to watch them play um, in in, in this season. Um, That last game, that Week 18 game, probably going to be for the division. And it's going to be really fun to watch. So, uh, look, the Bengals made the Super Bowl last year. I think they'll be a little better. Young team that'll get more experience. Um, They upgraded the offensive line. So, I I think they'll be a little bit better. So, I gave them a couple more wins. And then the Ravens primed for a bounce back season. They were the number one seed last year until Lamar Jackson went down. They had just uh, just unbelievable injuries last year. And they still found a way to um, survive for a lot of the year until their quarterback went down. So um, they'll get a lot of those guys back. I think the Ravens are primed for a bounce-back season. I think they're going to be a really good team. Um, so, yeah, I think basically the premise here is I think Whoever wins this division will get the second or third seed, and then whoever loses it is going to be the fifth seed. That's what I got here. Then, um, in terms of of the rest of it, I've got the Ravens. uh, Not the Ravens. I've got the Browns and the Steelers both at 8 and 9. Steelers always find a way to win a certain number of games. They usually find a way to get over 500, but um, rookie quarterback, a quarterback that I don't think is particularly good, in Kenny Pickett. I don't think that was a good draft pick at all. Um, Mitch Trubisky is a fine dart throw to take. But is he a top 20 quarterback? I would say no. And in this division, that's going to be a hard thing to overcome. When you have Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. It just is. The Steelers might have... Um, You could argue they have the best defense in the division... And they have, and you could argue that they have the, you know, one of the best two coaches in Mike Tomlin. You do have this is um, interesting. You do have three coaches in this division now who have been to a Super Bowl. Zach Taylor with the Bengals, Harbaugh with the Ravens, and Tomlin with the Steelers. So a lot of good coaching in this division. Um, but. Um, and kudos to Tomlin for hiring Brian Flores, by the way. That was a really good hire to, to add to the staff. So I like that. But um, So I think the Steelers will be a really good defense, but I think their offense lets them down. Um, they'll be better in the passing game because Roethlisberger was so bad last year, but it's still not going to be good enough. Um, so I have them at eight wins. Um, then the Browns... Um, Number one, screw them. They, uh, screw that franchise. I wish them nothing but the worst. They traded draft cap, all that draft capital and gave out that awful, like, oh, damn near fully guaranteed contract to that rapist quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Um, so screw them. I wish them nothing but the worst. I hope that they go and 17 I hope that Deshaun Watson hurts himself like i don't even care like look i think rooting for injuries is not something you should do like obviously but i think it definitely is crossing a line but when you've got this guy and deshaun watson this quarterback who has literally being accused by dozens of women for assault i think rooting for an injury is in line at that point like if that guy is going to do that then screw him i hope something really bad happens to him i don't give a damn like screw him (laughs) um my friend and i were talking about it and we've concluded that you know rooting for him to get injured is in bounds so that's what we're going to do um and and just imagine if you're a female browns fan a female football fan you know i i just uh my thoughts are with you like it's not something that you should have to you know deal with you should not something that you should have to reconcile um not something that you should have to really, uh, you know, have to have to, you know, work through like how you want to handle it as a fan. Like, you you shouldn't be in that position. The Browns should not have put you, put you in that position. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just a bad it's just a bad situation. So, all, as far as on field, I would anticipate Cleveland. Um. I think you look at there could be possible chemistry issues with, um, the with the Deshaun thing. Not every player I'm sure is going to approve of him. Um, then there's the Baker thing. Are they able to get off of him? Then there's what if Watson gets suspended and you could have Baker, you could have Jacob Brissett. There's a lot of questions around what you're going to get out of this team. Hard for me to see them as a playoff team, given the dysfunction here. Um, so I'll put them for now at eight and nine, but there is, I will say there is a lot of variance with the Browns. Like if, if, if you tell me Watson plays all year and the players actually buy into him, then they could be a playoff team. If you tell me the Watson suspended all year and things, some things really go sideways. I mean, they didn't, the Browns didn't have a first round pick because they traded it for Watson. So, um, you know, you could you could definitely tell me that the Browns, you know, win six or seven games too. Like, there's a lot of variance with them, but for now, I'm going to say eight and nine. So then, AFC South, the weakest division in the AFC. So I have Colts as the four seed at ten and seven, Titans nine and eight, Jags five and twelve, Texans three and fourteen. Uh, don't need to spend a lot of time on the Texans. Um, Jags, I think, will be a little better, um, with Doug Peterson, but that team's he made some pretty bad um roster moves in the offseason. I think they got the number one pick wrong. I think they overpaid guys in free agency. So I think they'll be a little better, but I don't think it'll be that much better. I think Tennessee takes a step back. I don't I think Tannehill's losing his uh losing his touch. I don't think he's um Going to be a good enough answer a quarterback soon. Um, Derek Henry is going to be getting older. I think that team is starting to, you know, they don't have AJ Brown anymore. Um, so I think that team is starting to um, hit its expiration date. Um, and then Indy, they add, they add Matt Ryan. And you pair him, that veteran steady hand, you pair him with Jonathan Taylor and that offensive line and that defense, and I think Frank Reich is a good coach. And all of a sudden, I think you have something there with the Colts. I think the Colts are not a great team, but I think they are a good team. I think they're the best team in the division. I think they'll make the playoffs. AFC West, the division that everybody's been waiting for. Chargers twelve and five, number two seed, and my AFC, my projected AFC champions, the Raiders six seed at eleven and six, Chiefs and Broncos nine and eight apiece. So, as far as the Chiefs and the Broncos, look, I think the Chiefs are. They're due for a year like this, right? They're due for a year where things just don't really go right. Um, the the core of that roster has been really atrophying for a while. They did try to replenish it to their credit in the draft. If they, if those draft picks from this year hit, it could go a long way towards, you know, quote unquote, Mahomes 2.0, which we all know is coming, where the Chiefs will be really good again. Um, but it's gonna be a different team and it's gonna take them time to figure that out. New you know, new style receiving core. They've got Juju, they've got Valdez Scantling, they've got Sky Moore. Like it's gonna be a different feel in that in that receiver group. You know, more depth based versus that top guy. I think Travis Kelsey was slowing a little bit last year. Um Oddly enough, I think Ronald Jones is actually a guy who could really help the run game because I'm not a Edwards Hilaire guy. Um they've you know, the line should be better with another year together. And and the defense. You know, the defense could improve with the the young draft picks they made. But I just think it's a lot to piece together in, you know, in a competitive division. I mean, look, I don't think the Chiefs are gonna be the Patriots and they're just gonna be in the in the conference championship game every year for the next 20 years. So I think there's gonna be some down years and it's fair to project this to be one of them. Um I think they'll come back and be great in the future. Mahomes has not won his last Super Bowl. He has not. He will win more. But it will not be this year. I don't believe I don't believe that it will be this year. Especially because the Patriots look, the Patriots never under Tom Brady, they never had to deal with... I, I think the, some of the handwriting over... Oh, their division was always really easy. Like, no, they had some teams in there. The Dolphins had a few odd years. The Jets had a few odd years, especially around the turn of the decade, you know, the, to the 2010s. Um. Then the Bills, you know, towards the end of it. But... Um, they never had this. They never had a a situation where you literally have, um, it is a situation where you literally have every team in that division is good. And just the law of averages, like you're not going to have, you know, every team in that playoffs is, you know, every team in that division is not going to make the playoffs. Some, you know, Two teams are going to, in fact, I think I'm being kind and giving them all winning records. Odds are one of these teams is going to really underperform. And I think the Chiefs are a decent bet to do that. I also think the Broncos are a decent bet to do that. You've got new quarterback, new coach. I just think we've started overrating the Broncos a little bit. Like, Look, I think they're going to be a good team, but I think it's a lot to ask for them to put this together year one um because and, and the thing is too Russell Wilson's not like a top 3 quarterback it's not like plugging that guy in he's he's a very good quarterback but he's not a flawless player he's much better than what they had it was a good trade to bring him in but and look they have a lot of talent around him on offense but i think some of that talents you know maybe being overrated a little bit at the same time um and then on defense Again, really good defense. But is it like the best defense in the league? Eh, I don't know. And they've got to go through such a hard division. So I think Denver is going to be a good team. But I think asking them to put this together year one, I think is a little, a little bit of a stretch. And I think they'll, they'll be good, but I think ultimately fall short. And then the Raiders, I think the Raiders are being slept on in a massive way. Josh McDaniels is a really good, really good, is going to be a really good head coach the second go-around. He is. He's going to be a really good head coach. Um, he's We know he's an elite play caller, and you can see, right, you can see the outline of what they're doing on offense. Devontae Adams is Randy Moss. Hunter Renfro is Wes Welker. And Darren Waller's Rob Gronkowski. That's terrifying if you're a defense. Like, to, to have to cover all three of those guys is freaking terrifying. And again, I'm not a guy that's like, oh, one wide receiver is going to just, you know, drastically transform you as a team. But, like, if you've got a quarterback, which I think they do, it's not like a Tua situation. Like, Derek is a good player. And... You've got three guys like that who can you know really um really you know create mismatches out there. You've got a problem if you know if you're the defense that's going to be a and you've got an elite play designer who knows how to work with players like that that is going that offense is going to put up numbers. Give me all the Raiders on my fantasy teams this year because they're going to put up numbers on offense. They even, the one concern would be the line, but they added a decent line in the draft. I think they'll be okay there. And the defense, I think they have some weaknesses on defense, but Chandler Jones and Max Crosby is going to, that pairing is going to solve a lot of those. Having two pass rushers like that will solve a lot of those problems. So, I am very high on the Raiders. I think the Raiders are going to be good. Um, I think the Chargers... Well, we'll get into the Chargers in a second. I have to start a new segment here. but um, I'll be right back with my thoughts on my projected AFC champion Chargers. So the Chargers. Um, I think Justin Herbert's unbelievable. Top five quarterback. I think Brandon Staley... He has a history of obviously the fourth downs and stuff like that, but you look at what he does on defense. I think he, you know, his his defense is going to be well equipped to frustrate the Josh Allens of the world. You know, the the quarterbacks who just want to create big plays and and check it. Out. It's. Um, It's definitely a defense that's designed to deal with the modern NFL pretty well. And a lot of the weaknesses they had last year were, were, you know, they plugged those holes. They brought in J.C. Jackson. They brought in... The big one to me was Sebastian Joseph Day. To... They had so many issues stopping the run. They They lost their season, essentially, because they were not able to stop the run. Um... We came close. That was an unforgettable game where we almost got a tie. that kept Pittsburgh out of the playoffs. And man, was that crazy. So, who huh. was that was that a crazy game. So, you have um you have a team that couldn't stop the run. And then you go get Joseph Day, who is was with Staley with the Rams, elite, um, you know, elite run stopper as a defensive tackle, really fits in his system. I think that's a great move um, to get to get Sebastian Joseph Day. Um, Kyle Van Noy, underrated pickup too, to add to the front seven. Um, again, bringing some championship experience to. to to that defense and to that team. And then her, and and then the offense they left mostly untouched, but Zion Johnson, good picket guard. like I really like, and I just, Herbert is so good. You have to watch him to see. But the throws that Justin Herbert makes, I mean, I don't even know if there's any other quarterback in the league that can make some of these throws. They are just ridiculous. So... I'm a believer in this chargers' team. I think they're ready to take the next step um, And I think they're gonna, I think they're going to win the AFC. I think they're going to find their way out of this out of this division. And I think we could see them then go on a run as a result of that. So let's talk about NFC real quick. Um, so I have Eagles at 12 and five. I have them as the four seed. In the in the NFC, I have Cowboys at 10 and 7 as the number 6 seed. I have the Washington Commanders at 7 and 10. And I have the Giants at 4 and 13. Uh, Giants rebuilding. Don't have a quarterback. Washington, absolute mess with the whole Jack Del Rio scandal. Carson Wentz is not turning around that team. Um... Defense is good. Ron Rivera is good, but I don't know what else they have there. Um, Dallas, prime to take a step back. Um, Not a a, uh, Mike McCarthy guy. Um, Dak Prescott's good. That offense should still be good, even with the loss of Mark Cooper, but defensively, they lost some guys. They did not have a great offseason, so I think Dallas takes a step back. I think Philly, is an interesting team next year. That is a team that's going to take a step forward. Um, Jalen hurts. It's all going to be on him. He's got to take the next step, but like, he's got the pieces in place to do it. AJ Brown going to help that offense. Devontae Smith will probably take a step forward. Um, we know how good that line and run game are. And then they added some piece on defense. I love Jordan Davis. That dude is going to be a great player. um, then Bradbury at corner, addressing that spot. Um, N'Kobe Dean in the third round. Like, I'm a big fan of what the Eagles did. I think they are going to be dangerous. Hassan Reddick, that that'll help the pass rush big time. Like, I think the Eagles are primed for a bit of a breakout here. I think if Jalen Hurts, if J, if Jalen Hurts were, and I'm not sure, I think he'll be more top out as more of an average starter. If Jalen Hurts becomes an above average quarterback, the Eagles are Super Bowl contenders. The rest of the team is that good. So I'm a fan of what they've done. I think they'll win I think they'll win their division. I do. I think I think they'll have and they have a really easy schedule, so I think you'll you'll see some regular season success in their future. NFC North, Packers twelve and five, third seed. Vikings 9 and 8. Lions 7 and 10. Bears 3 and 14. Bears, I'm really worried about Justin Fields. I like Justin Fields a lot. I think the situation threatens to ruin him. Um, there's no talent on that team, on that Bears team. And that's a real concern. I think if you put Fields in a situation that had talent, I think he'd succeed. But I think this Bears situation is threatening to ruin him. And and I think that's really sad. Um, And then uh, Detroit, 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 Detroit. I think Detroit is going to take a step forward. I'm not a Jerry Goff guy, but I like what they're building there. I think they're steadily adding talent around the quarterback so that when they do make a move for the the next quarterback, they'll be in position for success. I really like their draft. Aiden Hutchinson and Jamison Williams is a grand slam. Um, and I, you know, I like. I think Dan Campbell is actually a pretty good head coach. So I like. I like where Detroit's going. I think they'll be better this year. They'll be run of the mill bad versus how bad they were last year, and I think they'll be able to take a step forward to. Um, then in 2023 or 2024 they can take that next step towards actually being a real contender um and then you've got the vikings so again i not a team that's changed a lot like they're still that kind of that same average team um kirk cousins average quarterback like good good weapons defense is kind of eh, like they'll be that same team that they've been the last few years the new coach might be able to inject some and, and o'Connell might be able to inject some life into them but you know so they'll be in, in a weak nfc they'll be a playoff contender but i have them just short but i th- do think a six or seven seed could be it in their future because of how weak the nfc is but it's more about the nfc the stat- state of the nfc not the vikings um then Green Bay, look, I still think they'll be a good regular season team. Um Aaron Rodgers will find a way to make the situation there work without Devontae Adams. Um even though the receiver group is a little is a little bit weak. Um but at the same time, a lot you know, really hard to see them being better than they were last year. Um so I'll put them at, at twelve and five. Um, third seed, don't think they're one of the two best teams in the NFC, don't think they'll be in the NFC Championship game again, and yeah. Um, but again, because of Rodgers, it's hard to pick against them in the division. So, NFC South, Tampa, 14-3, first seed, they are my pick to win the NFC, and my pick to win the Super Bowl. Um, Saints, 12-3. Uh, Saints 10 and 7. I actually have them in the playoffs as my 7th seed. uh, Panthers 5 and 12. Falcons 2 and 15. Uh, Falcons, worst team in football. Um, They are doing the one-year salary cap cleanse. They're getting the Matt Ryan contract off their books. Uh, $40 million in dead money there. They're, They're trying to start... You know, working their way out of some of these cap problems that they had, they should be in the clear after this season. But this season is going to be rough. It's going to be really rough for them, and um, we'll see what Marcus Mariota and or Desmond Ritter do at quarterback. But hard to see things going too well for the Falcons this year. They um, they got really lucky just to get to the um, wins they had last year, and that was with Ryan. I have a hard time seeing um, them not being one of the worst teams in football this year. But that's okay. They'll be in the running for um, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. And they'll have a lot of cap flexibility that they sorely need. They'll really work their way out of some of these cap charges that have really been, you know some of these bad contracts signed under the Thomas Dimitrov era that have really been, you know, hamstringing them um, for a while. They got out of Julio Jones. They, they got out of Julio Jones last year as well. And, you know, his contract is going to come off the books after them, after this season. So they're really going to clear up a lot of, um, a lot of salary cap space next season. But until then, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be rough sledding. Panthers, No quarterback, coaching over his head. If they get Baker Mayfield, I will probably, or Jimmy Garoppolo, I will probably adjust their win total. If they get Baker, I'll definitely move it up a couple minutes. If they get Garoppolo, I might move it towards borderline playoff contention. But, like, if your quarterback is Sam Darnold, um, hard for me to have much confidence in you. Their defense is decent. Although they did lose um Stefan Gilmar after trading for him last year, so they have but they still have corners. They have Henderson and Dante Jackson and um and JC Horns. So they have talent enough talent there. They should be a good defense, but um hard for me to envision a and um Ben McAdoo, I believe, is the Offensive coordinator, like, good luck with that. Um, then the Saints, I think the Saints could actually be, look, I've been more critical than any one of the Saints team-building strategies. I think some of the things they do roster-building-wise, like, put you know, the pushing cap charges into the future all the time, the trading future draft picks at a premium for present draft picks, I think a lot of that stuff is really stupid. But... Um, I have to call it like it is. And I think if you look at, if you just look at the roster, it's not bad. Um, I don't love Jameis Winston, but the NFC is thin enough at quarterback where if the rest of your team is good enough, having Jameis Winston as your quarterback shouldn't prevent you from making the playoffs, if you know what I mean. Um, the Saints have a really good defense that should stay really good, um, they lost Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams as safety, but they got Marcus May and Teron Matthews, so they, they 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 stayed good there. They have Lattimore. They have a really good front seven. Um. They lost Teron Armstead, but they drafted Trevor Penning. The big thing is they had they had the worst receivers arguably in football last year, but they went out and got um, they went out and got Chris Olave in the draft. Again, bad bad roster move, but a move that should help their team, if that makes sense. Bad value, good player. And then Jarvis Landry is there, and then they get Michael Thomas back. If Michael Thomas is back and playing, then the Saints go from no receivers to a situation where they actually have a pretty good receiving, receiving group. And you know they've got Alvin Kamara, and he's going to be there to do it all. So... That's actually, all of a sudden, the Saints have a dynamic group at receiver, and, you know, this offense could be something. Um, And then you have to look at also the fact that the Saints have done really well against Tampa Bay. The Saints have swept Tampa Bay in the last two regular seasons. They won both games against them in the last two regular seasons. For whatever reason, they know how to play Tom Brady, and... Um, Until it doesn't carry over you ha- I think at this point it's a large enough sample size We have to assume that carries over Where they give Tampa Bay some problems And so those things should all I mean the Saints were much worse last year And almost made the playoffs So I think And they won't have Sean Payton And that hurts But I look at this team And I, I, I don't think they're a great team I don't think they'll go far in the playoffs If they get there but I'm going to say they sneak in as a seven seed and they make the playoffs this season. And then you get to Tampa Bay, who I think will tie, um, not tie. They'll have the best record in football. if 14 wins. This team's a wagon. We know that Tom Brady's back. They add some, some good free agents like, like Russell Gage to complement the receiving group, like, um, Shaq Mason on the offensive line, um, defense, they get Akeem Hicks Like they're replenishing, they're reloading for, for, for one or two last runs with Brady Pro- this probably might be it for Brady honestly so they're really trying to push their chips to the middle and look um, this is a really good team and, and they should not miss a beat because they'll have Byron Leftwich still calling plays and Todd Bowles is still going to be there as head coach, and, and he'll be involved with the defense. So they shouldn't miss a beat, even with Bruce Arians stepping down. Like This is going to be a great team. I, I think this team, if it were not for injury, you saw how close they came to beating the eventual champion Rams last year. This team is not far, and they just won in 2020. I think this is the best team in football. I think they will win the Super Bowl, and Brady will go out on top. That's my prediction. It, the, the Tampa Bay will win the Super Bowl And Brady will retire as champion that, That's what I think um, After winning number 8 he will, he will finally call it quits And I just want to say too That as a fan of football I am thrilled That I get to sit down on my couch this fall And watch another season of Tom Brady Play quarterback because that is watching... To watching Tom Brady play quarterback is watching greatness at work. And it has been an honor and a privilege to have been able to watch him for this long. And while I want him to do... If you can't tell I'm a big Tom Brady fan, is a Patriots fan. you know. But um, I just want to say that I want Tom Brady to do what he wants to do. If he doesn't want to play anymore, you know, I want him to do what he wants to do. But... I want to say that um you know I am thrilled that I get to watch Tom Brady play another season. I could not be more excited about it. Um so yeah, uh last division NFC West Rams at 13 and 4, number two seed. Um 49ers at eleven and six number uh number five seed. Um Cardinals nine and eight. Seahawks. Do I have them at three wins? I do. Three and fourteen. Seahawks gonna be bad. Probably worst quarterback in the league if Drew Locke is playing. Um weak roster in general. Best best thing they got going is those wide receivers who are gonna be useless with no quarterback so um good luck with that seattle i don't think they're gonna be very good although they did i will say this they did have a good draft drafting charles cross in the first round very smart pick um they draft they made some picks later that were good like they're they're they actually you know took a small step forward with this draft they just had but that team has got a long way to go they got a long way to go um so we'll see what happens with that um Arizona, I think Arizona's taking a step back. Not gonna have DeAndre Hopkins. All, you know, for, for part of the season, all the stuff with the Kyler Murray stuff. Their defense got worse. They lost Chandler Jones. Didn't have a good offseason. They had that bad, questionable Hollywood Brown trade. Gave up way too much for him. Um I'm not a fan of their offseason. I think they're gonna take a step back here and they're not even in a weak NFC, I I think they're a borderline playoff team, and I'm gonna have them out. Um, Niners, whether it's Jimmy or Trey Lance, still a confusing situation. Like we don't know if Jimmy's going to be there. Um, obviously we'll see if there's a trading partner that comes up or if they are, are actually sold that Lance can do it right away. But either way, look, I would assume that either Jimmy is going to be there again, in which case they'll be good. Or they will think that Lance... They'll see that Lance is good enough to take that spot. And then Lance will be good enough to... I don't see a scenario where the 49ers miss the playoffs this year. Um, I think the strengths that they have are too good. The running, running the ball. We know they're, they've got the pass rush on defense. Like, they'll manage the passing game. Like, I think they're going to be a good team regardless. Um obviously honestly the biggest question mark probably Debo Samuel but if he's in and he plays then they're going to be good um and then the Rams um obviously the defending champions um you know they they have they, they have their method they have their you know really star-studded roster there um course the question always is with them is like do they have enough depth but you know if they can stay healthy and um again they should have enough again especially in a weak conference like McVay being such a great coach and um you look at their roster and, and, and there's no reason why they should not be there at the end again contending for for the Super Bowl um do I think they're better than Tampa no I think Tampa had a lot of injuries last season, and they barely out by Tampa. So, obviously, injuries will have an impact on it again. But, um, not going to sit here and, and say that I think the Rams are better than Tampa going in. Um, but I think they're probably second. Like, I don't know who. I don't know who else you could argue is second. Like to me, the NFC, honestly, if you're looking, it's very top heavy. If you're looking at teams that can make the Super Bowl, it's Tampa, it's the Rams, and then after that, you're starting to get into long shot territory already. I don't really have a lot of teams after that that I really like. So, anyway, um, so now we're going to look at, um, we're going to take a look at some of the betting odds. And we're going to go through, um, we're going to go through what I think about some, uh, so we're going to save, we're going to save the win total odds for a future podcast. I have a guest that we're going to bring on and we're going to do over or unders in terms of win total, which you can literally take what I've read on this podcast and you can go on there and you can look at all that for yourself now, but we're going to do it as as a podcast with a guest that we're going to bring in a very special guest. Who's got a lot of I disagree with on some things, but he comes. You know, he's coming from the right place. He's got a lot of great knowledge that um, you're going to get to hear, and we're going to have some good debate over win total over unders later this summer. So for now, I really want to focus more so on just division odds and like make the playoffs odds, and then conference odds and stuff like that. Um, So. Let's. I'm on the FanDuel app right now. Let's uh let's look. Um, okay, conference and division winners. So I'll start with division winners, that's kind of the one I want to start off with here. Um, so AFC East, um, Bills minus 180. Patriots plus 400, Dolphins plus 400, Jets plus 2,000. Um, so I don't really think there's a lot of value here because you're laying a lot of juice on Buffalo. Obviously, I think Buffalo's probably going to win. I have them winning. So like, if you want to lay all that juice and, and do kind of a safe bet, then you could do it on Buffalo. I think if you want another, I don't love it, but if you wanted a longer shot opportunity, I think the Patriots have a better than four to one chance of winning the division, and their odds right now are four to one. So I think if you want a longer shot possibility, it would have to be the Patriots because they're the only other team I really see here. I think the Dolphins is a stay, is a pretty hard stay away, and I think the Jets is. I mean, it's at twenty to one. You know, what's the harm? You, you throw a tiny amount on it and see what happens. But I don't think they, you know, I don't really see the path for them. So I would say, um, I don't know if I love any of these, but I would say Buffalo, you could lay the juice and, you know, do a safe sort of thing. If you want a longer shot, try the Patriots. Um, and that's, that's kind of what I got. Um, Ooh, the odds here change for the AFC North. Oh, that's sad. Um that's really sad. I was excited about this one because so the Browns were um were pretty close to um it, the the Browns, Ravens and Bengals were all kind of in the plus 200 range and my best bet was honestly going to be for this was honestly going to be just both bet both the Bengals and the uh and the Ravens. But I'm not sure you can do that anymore, so like I honestly I mean the Ravens are the favorites now, so I guess I have to say the best bet would be Cincy at plus two hundred. I'll I'll, I'll I'll have better conviction on some of these guys. I promise. Like it's just uh, I'm not gonna force it. I'm not gonna force it and be like, yeah, there's just a great option with all of these. Like no, there's it's not always like that. Um, Browns at plus two seventy. Okay, Brown. So Steelers at plus eight fifty. I mean, it's a real long shot, and they always seem to have a decent record. I guess you could do worse, but I won't be looking at that one personally. Browns at plus two seventy, hard stay away. Um, for multiple for a multitude of reasons, uh, don't touch that. Just don't. Um, I'd say Bengals at plus. So then you have Ravens at plus one sixty and Bengals at plus two hundred. I would have to say that because I think those teams are pretty much neck and neck so I would have to say the Bengals are your best bet there just because you're getting the extra juice but you know I think either cuz I think either one of those teams could win the division so if you have a conviction about one of those two teams like go for it but um it's you know it's too bad that the that the odds shifted like that because I really think they shifted kind of Toward, you know, they shifted towards my position, and that's not ideal when that happens. But oh well, um, so that's what I got on that. Um, AFC South, um, so Colts minus 105, Titans plus 145, Jags plus 700, Texans plus 2600. Texans stay away, they're not going to be very good. Um, although I do think Davis Mills is, um, is better than people think. Uh, I will say that. Um, Jags plus 700. Not an awful long shot because of how good Trevor Lawrence is, you know, can be. I won't say is because we don't know yet, but he can be really good. There's a lot of potential there. So not the worst idea in the world, but I probably won't be looking at that personally. But if you're looking for a long shot in this division, it's probably that one. Um but my best bet here, and then you have so you have Titans at plus one forty five. If you like the Titans, that's fine. That you know you're getting a plus number. I personally don't, so I will be staying pretty hard away from that one, um, especially at a, at a small plus number. My favorite's got to be Indy at minus one one hundred five. I feel pretty good about them winning this division. Um, and you're basically even odds, so I will be probably. Putting a little I will probably put a little bit myself on Indianapolis to win the division um and, and, and what I'll probably do so I, I didn't say this what I'll probably do for the AFC North is I might just go like all season and just try and like put a little bit on like each week with Ravens Bengals like whoever is in second in second place in terms of odds between the Ravens and the Bengals, and then just hope that like at the end of the at the end of the day, no matter what happens, I end up making a profit. That might just be what I do with that. Um. But I'll I'll, I'll have some other bets with those two teams probably down the line here, maybe in terms of like making the playoffs and things like that. Um, that are that are a little bit better than t- than doing the division because I really think the division with those teams is a crapshoot. Um. So then, AFC West. Oh, I like this one. So this is going to be one I really like. Um, you have Chiefs at plus 155, uh, Chargers at plus 240, Broncos at plus 270, Raiders at plus 700. Chargers, 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 Chargers. Chargers, Chargers at plus 240 is my best... Um, Yeah, so this is one of two bets um in terms of of winning the division that I really like. I really like this bet. I will be hammering it. Um Chargers to win the division. I that that's definitely one to mark down at plus 240. I am a big fan of that one. And then also if you want to look at the Raiders at plus at plus 700. I think I don't do I think the Raiders will win the division. No, but I think they're I think they're going to be better than the Chiefs and the Broncos, so Why would I not then sprinkle a little bit on that, right, as a possible hedge to the Chargers? You're getting really good odds there. So um, I can't hate on that one either just because it's such long odds, Um, and I think the Raiders are a good team, even though I think the Chargers are slightly better. I think that's a pretty good number, and you could justify going in on it a little bit. Obviously, the Chiefs and Broncos, for how I project each team, I would avoid. Um, NFC East. Cowboys, plus 115. Eagles, plus 210. Uh, Commanders, plus 450. Giants, plus 700. Commanders and Giants, um, just avoid. Um, Eagles. That's the other one. That's them and the Chargers. Those are the two division line numbers that I love. I'll be betting both of them. Eagles, at plus 210, is a real steal. Um, I think they're the best team in the division. I think they will win the division. I don't really see them, and this is even better probably than the Chargers because I don't really see the competition here like Dallas is gonna be worse, and they're getting the plus the plus one fifteen number, I think partially because they're they America's team, and they've got all this you know name brand notoriety and stuff, and I just don't see it with them um could be wrong, but I think at best this is a coin flip at best, and you're getting major plus odds on Philly, bet Philly. That's what I will be doing myself. Um, So then you have NFC North, Packers minus 170. Vikings plus 280. Lions plus 850. Bears plus 950. I don't love any of these. I guess the Lions is an okay long shot. Um, If you're looking for a long shot, it would be them. Um, but I don't think they'll take a leap all the way to division title status this soon. Vikings a plus two eighty, I guess, is okay if you know if you want to take a longer shot and you think the Packers, you know, maybe the Packers really stumble and that's not awful. Um, and then if you get the Packers, you want to do something safe and um. You know, it, it's it's a minus number, but it's not, like, prohibitive juice. So, like, I could see your logic there if you're going on Green Bay. I probably will tell you I'm not going to be touching any of these. I don't really see, like, tremendous value in any of these. So, I'll probably just stay away. Um, NFC South. Um, so, this is a definite stay away. Tampa at minus 320. Saints at plus 380. Uh, Panthers plus thirteen hundred, Falcons plus twenty four hundred. Uh, Fal- Falcons stay away. Panthers would be um, not for the division. You don't want to bet them for the division. But if their playoff odds are are, are really long and they get like Garoppolo or Mayfield or something, probably won't be a horrible dart throw. Um, Saints at plus three eighty. Um... I can't endorse it just because of, of of Tampa. If it were another division, I'd say okay, but I can't endorse it because of Tampa, and then Tampa at minus 320. Yeah, I feel like Tampa is gonna win the division unless Tom Brady gets injured, but you know, are you really gonna bet on minus three twenty number? You know, that's a lot that's a lot of juice to lay, so I uh I will probably be staying away from these two. I'll be I'll be doing bets, spoiler alert, I'll be doing bets involving Um, The teams in this division, but not specifically for division title. And then Rams and NFC West. Rams plus 130. Um, 49ers plus 190. Cardinals plus 320. Seahawks plus 1300. Um, Seahawks stay away. Cardinals, I'm not a believer. Um, 49ers and Rams. You know, this is a pretty... So this is one I'll probably do this. Um, you know, the defending Super Bowl champions at a plus number. I, I think that's that's a hard one to. Uh, it's a hard one to, to to dislike. So I will probably do that. You know, lay a little bit on that one. But if if you're a big Forty Nine er believer, you know that's not a horrible number to go in on as well but i think the best one here would be the rams so in terms of the ones so the ones i really like here um okay so in terms of my best bets here so i have 3 i have or i have four uh, i have three that i i have two so i have two that i really like And then I have two that I think are pretty darn good. Um, So I have... I love the Chargers at plus 240. I love the Eagles at plus 210. And then I think the Rams at plus 130 and the Colts at minus 105 are pretty good. I think those are pretty good. And then favorite long shot um, would probably be... in terms of like real long shot... Favorite long shot would have to be the Raiders at plus 700. Just because I think they're a really good team. And even though I love the Chargers, I would have to say the Raiders just based on the number. Um, So, win totals, we're not going to look at that. Um, Let's do conference since I'm on this tab. Um, So, in terms of AFC... So, Bills are the favorites at minus 350. Then Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos at 500, 850, and 850, respectively. Then the Browns at plus 1,000. I don't know why that is. That's a weird number. Um, Colts, 1,200. Ravens, 1,200. Bengals, 1,300. Titans, 1,500. Dolphins, minus plus 2,000. Pats, plus 2,200. Uh, Raiders, plus 2,500. And, and then you get into some real long shots. Steelers, Jags, Jets, Texans. Um, so in terms of conference odds, I obviously, at plus at 850, I have to say Chargers, I think, are really good. Really good odds there. Um... So that would be my best my, my my best pick because they're plus 850 and I think they're going to win. So I will definitely be putting a little bit on that. Um, also, I really like both the Ravens and the Bengals at plus 1200 and plus 1300 respectively. I think those are really good uh, really good numbers there. Um, Bills at plus 350. I think that's way too short of a number. I would stay pretty far away from that one. Chiefs at plus 500, definitely stay away from that. Um, So, those are probably my three. Oh, Raiders at plus 2,500 is not half bad either. So, those are probably the four. Pats at plus 2,200, I don't think is... For the number, it's not awful, but I'm not going to say that's like an unbelievable bet either because I don't think the Patriots have enough to... Win the AFC this year. Um, I'll probably put a little bit on it just for fun, and like I literally just saw how with the Celtics how putting a little bit of you know putting a little bit of money just for fun on your team's title odds can actually like I mean because I already won a twenty-five to one Celtics to win the Eastern Conference like so I've already gotten the benefit of of that whole thing so um. I've already seen how that can how how just doing that for fun can really benefit you. So I'll probably as a tradition then just end up doing it with all my teams. So um I'll probably put a little bit on the Patriots just for fun, but probably only like five bucks or something. I'm not gonna do anything crazy because I don't think it's the Patriots here, but um so my best bets would definitely be the Chargers at plus 850 and then the Ravens at 1200, Bengals at 1300 and then the Raiders at 2500. Those are my favorite conference bets for the AFC, for the NFC. It's a lot more cut and dry, folks. Um not in love with some of these NFC teams. I think it's a pretty thin conference, so Honestly, you know what my best bet in this entire thing is? In this entire thing. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the NFC at plus 320. You you are getting plus 320, 3 and, 3.2 to 1. On the Tampa Bay Tom Brady-led Buccaneers to win the weak NFC. I think that is an unbelievable bet. I will definitely be all over it. I think that might be the best bet here. It's a little risky, yeah, because a few injuries and all of a sudden you're not winning your conference anymore. But I love, I love, I love Tampa Bay this year. If I'm going to get plus three twenty for them to win the conference, I'm seizing it. Um, and then the other one would have to be the Rams at plus five hundred. Um, defending champions, I think if somebody other than Tampa wins this year, it's going to be the Rams again. Other than that, I guess the Eagles are a decent enough long shot at plus 1,400. If G- I, I, So I think their roster can carry them to a division title, but I think for them to win the conference... Jalen Hurts would have to take a massive leap. And I'm um, that one I'm a little bit more skeptical of. But honestly, just looking at the options here, I mean, some of these options are a real issue and I think you would have to look at the Eagles if you're looking at a long shot. I don't really see anyone else that I like. Um I mean, maybe the 49ers at 750, but I think 750 for the 49ers is honestly too short of a number because of the quarterback uncertainty. Um, I can't say go, go in on the 49ers to win the conference. I can say maybe to make the playoffs, but, um, but I think they will make the playoffs regardless, but I'm not going to say win the conference. So I'm going to say for the NFC, I love Tampa. I would like the Rams okay. And then the Eagles, I think, are a decent long shot. But I will probably, to be honest with you, uh, for the conference, I'm probably just going to play Tampa. I'm probably just going to play Tampa. I think that's a great number. I think they're really freaking good. I'm going to be all over the Bucks. I'll probably just settle for my division title play for Philly. Um, and maybe for the Rams as well. So, that is... Conference and division odds, um, and then Super Bowl odds, I mean, it's really just a longer shot version of what we just talked about, so if you want to, if you want to play Tampa, then go ahead and play Tampa at 750, that's, that's a pretty good number, um, Rams at 1100, pretty good number, Chargers at plus 1600, um, is a pretty good number, um, Ravens and Bengals at, at 2,000 and 2,200, good numbers. I mean, so um, really just, it, it's really just about, the, at that point, it's just about, um, you know, really it's the same as is the conference ones. Um, you know, if I like a conference bet, I'm probably going to like the Super Bowl bet. If I don't like the conference bet, I'm probably not going to like the Super Bowl bet either, right? It's all correlated. So... Um, and then in terms of, of straight matchups and... Um, you know, matchup predictions, like, again, just, you know, I might sprinkle just for fun, I might sprinkle a little bit on, um, Chargers, so Chargers, Bucks, I can get it 35-1 to right now for them to meet in the Super Bowl, I might put, like, a buck on that or something, just for fun, but, um, yeah, I uh so so again, those teams any combination of of those teams, you know, I wouldn't mess around with this stuff too much because it's like pretty hard to hit, but um you know, those that stuff can be fun to look at as well. I would say just stay, you know, for for this though, I'll just stay with with what I've already said in terms of the conference. Uh right, so let's go through playoffs real quick. Um and I need to keep an eye on the time on my segment here because I'm at 44 minutes. All right, let's see if I can fit this in. Um, so, so Cardinals to make playoffs, uh, minus 106 um, to make it, and minus 116 to miss it. Um, I mean, again, even odds. I would probably lean towards the no there, but you are laying some juice. So... Um, you know, don't love that, but I mean, you know. So I think that's probably pretty accurately priced. I think they're more likely to miss than hit, but um, not an impossible they could make it either. Um, Falcons, you know, minus thirteen hundred to miss, plus seven ninety to make. Like you're not going to touch this one because they are going to be one of the worst teams in football. So, oh, well, let's see. So season specials. Let me just. Uh, okay, never mind. That's not that I was going to say. Is there like a an area where you can bet like Atlanta'd be like the worst team in, in the NFL or something. Honestly, the the win total is probably where you would want to attack the Falcons. We'll get to that in the uh in the in the podcast we do with our with our guests later on. Um Ravens to make the playoffs is minus 128 to miss is plus 106. You're laying some juice with the minus 128, but I still think that's a pretty good uh I think that's a pretty good bet. I think they're more likely than that to make it. So, I think that's a pretty good number. I think the Ravens... I I think that's not a bad bet to make. Ravens minus 128 to make the playoffs. Bills to make the playoffs. Minus 500 plus 360 to miss. I mean, yeah. You know, at plus 500 you could bet it. But that's a pretty long... You know, know, it's pretty... There's a lot of juice you're laying. Like, I don't know. Um... I'll probably just stay away from that. If you really like the Bills, um, bet you would be better off betting them to win the division at minus one eighty, um, or to win the conference if you're a real believe if you're more of a believer than me, um, but I won't I don't like that number so I won't be doing that. Um, Panthers to make the playoffs plus six twenty to miss minus one thousand. Honestly, at plus six twenty. If they get Jimmy Garoppolo, then or even Baker Mayfield, then plus 620 is a good bet for the Panthers to make the playoffs. Because the NFC is thin, the last couple of playoff spots are really unsettled, and that's not a bad number. That's not a bad number if they have a quarterback. If they are trotting out Sam Darnold, then stay away from this one. Bears to make the playoffs, plus 370. No is minus 550. Again, stay away. Um this is a one you'll want to attack with the win total, I think. Um minus five fifty. I would be on the side of no for sure, but minus five fifty a lot to do so. Bengals to make the playoffs minus one sixteen to miss is minus one oh six. Um again, I like you're not laying so much juice that I think it's a bad bet to uh take the Bengals to make the playoffs. I think that's uh I think that's a good bet. Um Cowboys minus 310 to make the playoffs, plus 240 to miss the playoffs. Honestly, I have Dallas in the playoffs, but at plus 240, that's a good number to bet them to miss. That is a good number to bet the Dallas Cowboys to miss. I think that's that's not a bad bet. I I might do that one for fun. I might do that one for fun even though I have Dallas in just because I think they're on that line and That's a juicy number. That's a juicy number. You're getting a lot out of that at plus 240. That's interesting. That's really interesting. So then you have Broncos to make the playoffs is minus 136 to miss at plus 112. I like that no number. I like betting them to miss at plus 112. You're getting some juice there. I like that. Um, Lions plus 370 to make plus 550 to... Miss again. This is another one where I like the Lions to be improved this year, but to make the playoffs is a stretch. So I think you'll want to attack Detroit with the win total, um, with the win total over under Packers minus 410 to make the playoffs plus 300 to miss. I think you would again, if you want to attack Green Bay, you're better off doing it with division odds. Um, Texans, oh my Jesus. For plus 1420 to make the playoffs and minus 2500 to miss. Just stay away from that one. Um, Jags, uh, plus 450 to make, plus, uh, I mean, minus 650 to miss. Um, I mean, plus 450. If, if you think they're going to be a lot better, that's not awful. Um, I won't be touching this one, but, um, yeah, so Chiefs. Oh, this is gonna be a good one. Um, I'm gonna like this one. Uh minus two oh five to make plus one sixty-six to miss. Given that I think they're going to miss, uh, plus one sixty-six is a number I will be taking. Um I will be bet I will be placing a wager on this one. Um, I think that is uh plus one sixty six. I mean the Chiefs are a public team. They're a public team when it comes to betting. So, I think, uh, plus 166, you know, I'm not surprised to see that, but I will be trying to take advantage of this one. I can tell you that right now. Uh, another one that I really like, Raiders, plus 198 to make the playoffs, and then minus 250 to miss. I will be playing the plus 198 to make the playoffs pretty hard. Um, I really like that number, um, so I'll definitely, that's one of my best bets for sure out of this, um. Chargers minus 156 to make the playoffs, plus 128 to to miss. Um, I mean, it's not bad, but you are laying a lot of juice, so your discretion on whether you want to do that. Um, I'll probably play, just play the division with them, but I might do a little bit on this one just to just to be safe, because um, I think they'll make it. So um, Rams minus 270 to make it, plus 210 to miss. Again, you know. Pretty long odds there um, in terms of missing, and I don't think they'll miss, so I don't know. I think I probably won't touch this one, but, you know, I'll probably just attack this one with the division. That Dolphins, plus 142 to make the playoffs, plus 174 to miss the playoffs. Um, I think this was one I'll attack with the win total over under, um, more so than laying all that juice on the Um on the playoff line. But um minus one seventy four to make the playoffs, I think they're probably more likely to miss the playoffs than that number would indicate. So keep that in mind. That's not a bad that's not necessarily a bad one if you're okay laying the juice. Um certainly with some of those long ones where you've gotta lay like a lot of juice, I'm not gonna be like eager to tell you to bet, but like if I think some of them are going to happen, so, like, you can use your judgment on that. And we'll do a recap at the end on, like, which um, which bets I like out of these. Um, Vikings to make the playoffs, plus 102, minus 126 to miss. Um, I mean, this is a coin flip. I have them out if you think they're going to be in. Then I can't really uh, I can't really hate on that so th- this is a tough one this line is, this line is really good so I probably will just stay away Patriots plus 142 to make the playoffs plus w- minus 174 to miss the playoffs um I won't play this super aggressively but I probably will place a small, Wager on them to make the playoffs. I think plus 142. I think they're more likely to make the playoffs than that. I think they're closer to even odds to to make or miss. So I will probably play that. I think it's plus 142 is a good number, but like I'm not going to be like, oh my god, that's the greatest number ever either. Like, um, so Saints at plus 132 to make, minus 162 to miss. I will play the plus 132 because I think they're going to make the playoffs. So, Giants... Oh, this is interesting. The Giants are plus 184 to make the playoffs and minus 230 to miss the playoffs. I mean, if that's the line, that you're laying a lot of juice, but you could do worse things than taking the minus 230 on that one. Um, but, I, again, this is one that, based on what I'm seeing here... I'm probably going to get a win total that I think is too high, so I may just play the under, to be honest. Jets to make is plus 710. To miss is minus 1200. Again, this is probably one you'll do with the win total on. Um, Odds are pretty long here. Eagles to make the playoffs is minus 146. To miss is plus 120. I think you could do worse things than playing... Those odds, even though to make to make the playoffs, even though they're minus, but um, again, up to you if you want to lay that kind of juice. Um, Steelers to make the playoffs plus two eighty to miss is minus three eighty. I would probably just stay away from this one because I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But you also can't be sure about them missing the playoffs. So I mean, I guess a plus two eighty it's not an awful line given their track record. I mean, they made the, they, they had like real crazy plus odds to make it last year and they made it. So I feel like um, the Steelers are, are such a consistently like they have such a high floor as a team where like you could do worse things than taking that plus 280, I'll say that I will not be doing it myself. I can tell you that I will not be doing it myself. I'll emphasize that. But you could do worse things probably than taking that number. At least it has a past track record of being profitable. Um, 49ers are minus 225 to make, plus 174 to miss. Um, Again, not an awful line there. I think that's a pretty well-placed line. I probably will just stay away, but... um, because I am on the side of them making it. So, I think that's a stay away. Seahawks, again, of course it's a quarterback situation too. Um, Seahawks, plus 430 to make, plus 650 to miss. I will probably attack this with the win total. The odds there are to miss the playoffs are, um, it's too big of a minus number. Bucks, minus 600 to be in, plus 410 to be out. I would probably again, I would play this. I'll play the Bucks in other ways um, than them just making the playoffs. I'll do way more on the Bucks than just that. Um, Titans are basically even odds, so honestly, to miss the playoffs there is one that I like. I like the Titans at minus 110 to miss the playoffs. And then the commanders, plus 166 to make it, minus 205 to miss. This might be a win total one, but like again, you know, Carson Wentz to miss the playoffs minus 205. You could do worse. So um, let's uh, let's kind of go through here. Next up, we will uh, kind of go through our. We'll go through my best bets and then bets that I can live with out of this. Out of this, make the make or miss the playoffs if you can deal with laying the juice. So, okay let's so let's review this because I just went over a hell of a lot of information so let let's review this um, so the ones I really like um, so Ravens at minus 128 I really like. Um, Bengals at minus 116 to make the playoffs I really like Cowboys at plus 240 to miss the playoffs I like even though I have them in I have to emphasize that so do that at your own risk but I think that number is just way too long I think plus 240 to miss the playoffs for that team is just way too long of a number so I like that one Um, Broncos at plus 112, I think is a really good one to miss the playoffs. Um, Chiefs at plus 166 is, I really, to miss the playoffs, I really like that one. Raiders at plus 198 to make the playoffs, I really like that one. Um, Chargers at minus 156, I think is, well, I'll I'll get to that one later. I'll do that one with, with, with the ones later. Um. Then you have um, Patriots at plus one forty two. I don't think I think that's a good line, not a great line. So do without that what you will. Um, Saints at plus one thirty two. I like um, to make the playoffs. I said the steel. I won't be touching the Steelers at plus 280, but I do think that's a pretty long number, and you never know what can happen. That team always, you know, seems to have a pretty high floor. So like, you know, you could do worse things than do that one, but I will not be doing that myself because I don't think they're a playoff team. But you know, that is a long number. So do what you will with that one. Um, And then the Titans at minus 120, 110 to make the playoffs. I, I mean. Not to make the playoffs. Do not bet the Titans to make the playoffs. Because I just said that by accident. the Titans at minus 110 to miss the playoffs. I really like that number. Um. And then if you want to lay juice, I mean Washington at minus two or five to miss the playoffs, not bad. Um I mean Tampa at minus six hundred to make the playoffs is I mean, that's a I feel like that's guaranteed money. Um seahawks on minus 650 but but again some of these i think are going to be better played on 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 the win totals um so i went over the one all the ones i really like already now i'm just kind of going through numbers where like well if you want to lay a lot of juice like i think you're probably going to win your bet but you're not going to get a whole lot of profit out of it um so seahawks on minus 650 like sure um Niners at minus two twenty five to make it. I pro I probably wouldn't bet it, but um... Eagles at minus one forty six. I actually think that one's not bad. Like if you want to bet that one, then that's fine. Um... That that's not a that, to make the playoffs there. That's not a bad number. Um... So. Rams, minus 270. I think you'll probably win your bet, but that's not a lot of profit. Ch- uh, Chargers, minus 156. That one, not bad. Um, Chargers and Eagles, definitely teams I'm looking to buy in on this year. So, um, again, playing a lot of juice, but not not a bad idea. Um, Green Bay, minus 410. I mean, I probably actually wouldn't take that because... You don't know what that team's going to look like without Devontae Adams, and that's a lot of juice to lay. I actually would stay away from that one um, on second look. Um, I went over Cincy and Baltimore. Um, Bills minus 500, I think you'll probably win your bet, but that is not much profit at all. Um And, yeah, I think that's about it. So thanks so much for listening today. I hope you learned something about um, what's going to happen in, in football this year. Um, I'm going to sign off, but I hope you have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll talk again soon, probably when I record our episode for the um, uh, you know, post-finals, and then we'll get into some NBA offseason. Then it'll be football season before we know it, and we'll have our win totals pod and all that stuff. So thanks for listening, and have a great day.